You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to review everything we learned from National Signing Day. The 2021 class has been set, and there are now bigger names added to the equation when looking ahead for the upcoming season. Before we begin, thank you so much to all of our brand new listeners coming over from Tigna. Before you start listening, make sure you follow these few steps so you never miss an episode of Locked on Aggies. First off, follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So today's episode, we're just going to be talking about the classes. Tomorrow's episode, we'll be breaking down Jimbo Fisher's press conference. So overall, let's just look at Texas A&M. They finished once again with a top 10 recruiting class, and even though they diminished a little bit, they entered National Signing Day as the 6th ranked recruiting class they didn't really drop off that far and they did get a big time name that's going to help the program's success well past 2021 and that of course is with lj johnson johnson comes in as one of the highest ranked running backs in this year's upcoming recruiting class he comes in as the number four ranked running back in the nation the number nine player in the state of texas and the number 45 player in the nation. Probably the biggest thing about all of this is that Johnson decided to snipe his chances away from the other school in Texas to come play in College Station. Yep, he had an opportunity. His scholarship was still honored by the likes of Steve Sarkeesian, and unfortunately for Sark, he's going to have to find a new running back. Then again, he also did just land Eric Gray from the University of Tennessee, But that's not more to the point. Johnson is considered a built, burly, strong back who works well after contact. He's a guy who makes a lot of plays in the open field and is hard to bring down when brought in the open field. One of the other things that you can really like about him, his hands. He's one of the more reliable pass catchers for Cy Fair this past season. And he was one of the better players when it came to yards after the catch. So, He runs well between the tackles. He can have a great burst of speed in the open field. But on top of all that, he's really, really well balanced. That is another thing that A&M has had this past season that has made them very effective. You look at the run game this past year. Isaiah Spiller was great inside the red zone. He also was very good as a pass protector. You look at Anaya Smith. He was very good as a receiving option and had enough strength to run between the trenches. You look at Devon A-Chain. He was able to move well outside with great bursts and speed. And when given the opportunity to make defenders miss in the open field, good luck bringing him down. This is what you get with the final product of LJ Johnson. A little bit of a mix of all of that. He is a good route runner. He is very good with his hands. He's very good between the tackles. He's very quick on the outside. His elusiveness is a lot better than what his 212-pound frame allows him to be. 
That is why when you break down LJ Johnson, he's an up-and-coming rising star. Now the question is, where does he fit in the upcoming uh, recruiting class for now? I think he's limited this year. In his first year at AM. And I would not be wrong to say that he is. Because of when you break down what AM has, running back is their strength. They have oodles and oodles and oodles of talent at the running back role. From Spiller to A-Chain to Smith, they don't really need a guy like Johnson this year. So maybe you play him, and again, I know a lot of people hate when I do this, but this is the only way I can I can really mention it. You play him like Derrick Henry was in his first year at Alabama. When Henry came to Tuscaloosa in 2013, he was really limited. I mean, you had TJ Yelding, you had Kenyon Drake, uh, you had another running back, I forget who it was that year, but they all got more significant reps than Henry. Uh, he only had 35 rushing attempts. He also averaged 10.9 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He had one catch, one for 61 yards and a one for a score. He had 443 total yards of offense in his first year. The next two years, he doubled that to 11-23, um, and then, of course, 2,310, I believe it was, with 28 touchdowns. So, again, LJ Johnson has that potential to be the biggest name in the locker room. He has the potential to be the best player of all of them. But seniority rules, and where does he fit this year? Limited. I would use LJ in the red zone. I would have my burly back, my three down back, be Spiller. I would have my change of pace back, be A-chain. I would have my key pass catching back, be Smith. And then I would have Johnson be my red zone back. 40, 50 carries next year. Hopefully he scores a lot. Hopefully he's that red zone X factor. And you play him in the fourth quarter. That's where LJ Johnson fits. But keep in mind, Spiller could be going to the NFL draft in 2021. Then you have Smith, who I do believe is the Kadarius Tony of this year's draft class for 2022. So he's going to be gone. I, I truly believe he will be gone. That leaves you now with A-Chain. And I do believe A-Chain is going to take over in a very similar role of what Smith does. And then you have Johnson, who will then take over in a very similar role of what Spiller does. So, Texas A&M does land really good prospects for their team that will help build them. Now, again, they already have some early enrollees, but the biggest thing of all is they also have a five-star. 16 four-stars. And some of those four-stars are going to get bumped up to five-stars according to the 24-7 sports rankings. I mean, everyone remembers last year, Jalen jo uh, Jalen Jones, he came up and he was a four-star. But by the time he got to A&M, they listed him on 24-7 Sports as a five-star. I think Bryce Foster could be a five-star. I think uh, LJ Johnson could be a five-star. Shamar Turner's already a five-star. I think that maybe Ruben Fathery moves his way up. I mean, they're, they're all right on that edge. I mean, Shamar Turner came in with a 98.7, and you have LJ Johnson and Bryce Foster both coming in just over 97.5. So I do believe, in a way, they could take over. So that's three five-stars. That would be 13 four-stars. And I believe it's eight three-stars in a 23-man recruiting class. Not a bad haul for Jimbo Fisher. Of course, Shamar Turner is going to be the name that everyone talks about. He's officially signed. We'll break him down in a little bit. 
but then, of course, yesterday, the biggest name was LJ Johnson. Welcome to the 12th Man family. One of the biggest pet peeves I have in life is for you to waste your money doing something that you don't want to do. One of those things is sometimes going into an auto shop because if you have to get a part fixed on your car that you could fix yourself, but you don't have the necessary needs to get it done, then you got to pay a processing fee, a shipping fee, and an installment fee. Why not cut all that in half by just going to rockauto.com? RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections from air part modules to brake pads to taillights. Everything you need on their sharp, quick wit catalog to get you through your daily car driving needs. Plus, when you go visit them, you can see every single variety of selections from model, year, color, and actual price. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas AM. Locked On Today is the brand new show talking all things around the sporting world. Highlight information, breaking news, and up-to-date stories in all under 20 minutes. Hosted by Peter Bukowski. Make sure you download Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M, we're going to spend the rest of the show today talking about the five players I do believe will have the biggest impact on the class. Let's just start this off. Number five, I believe it will be Shamar Turner. Now, Turner, a lot of people are like, well, why is he number five? Okay, let's look at... At who is in line to be back next season for the defensive line. You have Michael Clemens, who was your league-leading sacker before the year was over for him when he had to have season-ending surgery. He's going to be back because of the fifth-year option. You have DeMarvin Leal, who in my opinion is the biggest rising star and will have the most potential, in my opinion, to be a top-10 pick next year if he really breaks out. I mean, the, the talent is there. The production, it's limited, but it still is there. And you look at his frame, you look at his size, you look at what he can do, playing the five tech, playing the three tech, playing a wide nine, playing a zero, playing a four tech. He can move around. He can work double teams. He can work single teams. He can work up field. He can do a great job taking on solo blocks. He can, he can, take, on, um, he can take on running backs out of the backfield. He's just too good. So he's going to be, in my opinion, the three down guy. Tyree Johnson comes back. Well, Tyree Johnson is a great rotational player. And you know that he has the experience after three years on that line to make an impact. Fidel Diggs. You have him. Danelle Harris. Two players who barely saw any action. I don't think they actually even saw action because of the talent in front of them. You see what I mean? Turner might be one of the best superstars. And I do believe he will play. I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying he won't be the most effective player. He plays defensive line, defensive tackle, defensive end. He can do a little bit of everything. I do believe that it will be interesting to see where he lines up if he does a very similar to Marvin Leal role. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, last season, I mean, I mean in his rookie freshman year, so that would be 2019, Leal lined up everywhere. He lined up as a runner, he lined up as a three-tech. He lined up on the nose. Uh, in the Texas Bowl, he actually saw a significant amount of snaps in place of Justin Matabike. 
So that's not to say that he's limited to only playing, you know, a three tech or on, you know, rushing downs. But I think you look at also Dallas Walker, McKinley Jackson. Uh, you lose Bobby Brown, but you keep Jaden Peavy. So you're bringing back a lot of talent on this already very stout defensive line. It's going to be really interesting to see where he fits. That doesn't mean that he won't be a good player at all. It just means he's going to be very limited in certain areas. So I think that overall, Turner is much like Johnson. You play him a few years down the line. If you want, redshirt him for all you care. That, that'd be my opinion. Four, I'm just going to do it. Johnson, I think LJ will have a big role. I think it will be a limited role. You look at what H, uh, Devon A-Chain did this year. A-Chain's talented. I mean, he really is. And a lot. It, it amazes me how he was so limitedly used. But he only had 43 rushings. He did have, of course, five total touchdowns. And he had 461 yards on the year. He had five catches. He had 43 rushing attempts. So... Of the plays he was actually active, he only was playing in 48 plays. That's how much he actually made an impact, on 48 plays. You have to expand his role next year because he's too dang good to be playing 48 plays. And if he is, you're going to lose him in free agency. You're going to lose him somewhere else. Let's look at another name. You look at uh, Anaya Smith. Yeah, he's going to get a lot, a lot of reps at wide receiver. I think he's going to be playing a lot more slot that people will want to give him a lot uh, more credit for. There are plays out there that you can run a three-man set with all of them where you have a split option out of the backfield, and after that, you have Smith or A-Chain in the slot on a three-receiver set, two running back, no tight end. That's possible. There's also possibilities where you run... A pro style, two-man set. You could also run into play where you have an I formation in the red zone. You have A-chain in the backfield. You have Smith as your Z receiver. And you have Spiller as your fullback. There's multiple ways you can use all three. But at the same time, if you don't, their production over the last year is warranted from a playing time. That's just my opinion. So I can't find a way to where Johnson gets to break into that playing time. That's not to say that he won't play, but it does mean he won't be the X factor when it comes to the line, when it comes to the running back position. I still think he can be good. I still think he can be productive. I still think he will be a, an essential part of AM's roster. You don't get a five-star in him, but at the same time, look what happened to Demond Demas this year. How many snaps did he play in? I honestly don't know the number. I probably should look it up, and I, I probably will during the commercial break. But Fisher is not afraid to sit rookies or freshmen, even if they are some of the most talented players. I mean, the star gem of the 2020 recruiting class was Demas. And he played a handful of snaps last year. That just shows that if the position is not warranted, you're going to sit. What matters is for the long run. So in 2021, yeah, I don't think Johnson's going to be the big-time name, the superstar, the one that is the breakout player of the year for AM. Gets them to, you know, the, the, the NFL, I mean, the college football playoffs 
and eventually helps them win a national championship. I don't think that. I could be wrong. I could be right. What I do think, though, is that to get a guy like Johnson for the future, knowing that your running back position is at an all-time high, get him in that backfield, get him to start learning under the reps, get him to start learning how to make plays, that's what's going to be important for him more than anything else. While college football season is over and the NFL is winding down this weekend, that does not mean betting is going to be at an all-time low. In fact, when you look at college basketball and the NBA, those are some of the easiest bets to make. And helping you win some money is something we love to do here at Locked On Podcast. So go to the one place we love and the one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag wants you to get into the action by making your first-time bets with their new program. They have the best lines, the best payouts, and of course, up-to-date information to help you win some extra cash to begin 2021. And when you go visit them online at betonline.ag, you will get a 50% welcome bonus off your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is, of course, the promo code of the past. Everyone knows it. 12 variety flavors. Now there's 18. Each one is covered in 100% real chocolate, and they have a nice nougat center that's soft and easy to chew. So really, you're eating a candy bar that's healthy for you more than anything else. The bars are high in protein, low in calorie, low in sugar, high in fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. Guys, I lost 10 pounds over the last month eating a peanut butter brownie bar every single day. It's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of net sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your very first purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will make you look and feel better about yourself every single day. BuiltBar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're listening to the Locked On SEC show with Chris Gordy. In Gordy's recent episode, he sits down with Auburn defensive tackle and Carolina Panther defensive tackle Derek Brown to give you all the up-to-date information of what he believes is going to be the big-time hire at Auburn with the new head coach in Brian Harson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's keep this moving right along. The other three names I do believe will have a big-time role in the recruiting class this year. Before we begin on that, I do have the update on Demond Demas. He played in three games last year, a grand total of 16 snaps. So again, LJ Johnson, like him, think he's a great player. Probably the second top name in this class behind Shamar Turner. Guess what? We, we, we've seen the top two names from last year's class get basically redshirted last year. So don't be shocked when neither of these two have a massive impact in 2021. Number three, I had a hard time with this one. I really wanted to go with Ruben Fathery here. I also thought about going with Trey Zahn here, but I'm going to go with Shardrick Banks. Listen, Banks is your prototypical six-foot receiver, uh, plays very well on the outside, and again, what is Caleb Chapman? What is Jayla Preston? What is Chase Lane? Are any of these guys going to take that next step in 2021 to break out? You also have Musa Muhammad III. You also have um, Demon Demas, as I mentioned. There's so many names at the wide receiver position that could be good. They also could be immensely struggling. And we don't know 
what their role is actually going to be next year. So why not go with a guy in Banks who's already on campus, who's already making a name for himself, who's already been somebody to watch for, and he's coming from a program in North Shore that has produced immensely talented wide receivers of the past. If you look back at him with the Mustangs, he was known for his big play potential. That was what he was basically known for. Now, again, six foot, pretty average body, but a lot of people like that he is a bigger player. He comes in at 220 pounds. He is a name that kind of allows defenders to kind of bounce off of you. You kind of shake and bake them. You kind of make defenders bring you down by physical force. That's going to be a big time deal for someone like Banks. And for him to be in the system already, I think you can kind of play him in that slot role. What you do is, when you want the speed play, you bring in Smith, and you allow him to run the plays out of the slot. Or you bring in maybe Preston. When you want plays for physicality, jet sweeps, motions, stuff like that, Banks is the guy. So I'm going to go with him for here. Number two, Eli Stowers. Eli Stowers could be the number one player. Eli Stowers could be the number 12th player. He could be the number three. He could be the number six. There's an enigma. With Kellen Mond gone from Texas A&M, this is the first time in a while that the Aggies have to worry about a quarterback. First time in four years. And they almost didn't have to worry about it because he could have came back if he wanted to. Now, of course, you need to go for the NFL while you can. But this is a mobile quarterback. Let's just get that out of the way. He's a mobile guy who can do a lot with his legs, he can do a lot with his overall, you know, with his overall arm. And what he did for Denton Geyer High, I mean, that's what I take away from this. Four-star talent, 92 ranking by 24-7 Sports, pretty much offers to play at every single school. He's a great multi-improviser. That means legs, arms, open field runner, Good at cutbacks. Similar to Kyler Murray, but a little bit bigger. Think about that. Kyler is six foot, I think. Six foot one at the most. I don't even think he's that. I think he's five foot eleven, to be completely honest. Eli is six foot four. He's 215 pounds. You can get him up to about 230, and I don't think he's going to lose any of that uh, speed, any of that mobility, any of that agility. And he's built like a quarterback. He's built like what you want your prototypical quarterback to be. But he moves. He's great with the ball. He's good at passing the ball on the run. He's great at being able to make plays deep downfield. Good vision. Good accuracy. But the biggest thing of all, and why I think he could be the next quarterback over Haynes King, it's his timing and it's his decision making. The biggest thing that you look at, and this is something that was discussed by multiple NFL people about the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff trade. It's not that Jared Goff is a bad quarterback in the sense that he can get wins. He actually is a pretty overall average quarterback. And to be average in the NFL, sometimes that's all you need. You need to be the average guy. Build around you. I personally love Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is a fantastic quarterback. I also know that there are limitations with this game. And part of the reason he was very successful in the 2010s was because Atlanta was built around him to be successful. Good offensive line, great weapons, good 
free agent acquisitions, pretty decent run game. They had all that. They were able to build around Matt Ryan. And when everything struggled, that's the thing. Is King going to be that guy? Is King going to be able to come in immediately and make those decisions on time? Is he going to be able to come in with a banged up offensive line? You don't know what the, what it's going to be. You don't know what's going to happen with it. You don't know if it's going to be a positive. And is he going to be able to evade the pressure? Step up, make big time plays. Third and short, be quicker than decision making coming out. Because if you're going to have a seven man blitz, basically an engage eight is coming your way. I believe Stowers can. And I've seen Stowers do it. So yeah, I do believe that if Fisher needs to, he will go to Stowers over King because of the way the offensive line is. Again, I do believe that all three quarterbacks will see playing time for the first like four weeks, five weeks of the season. But by week five, you'll know who the starter is for the remainder of the year. And number one, no surprise here in my opinion, it's Bryce Foster. You have a guy who can play all three interior offensive line positions and can play right tackle if you really need him to. He was one of the highest graded right, I mean, uh, yeah, right guards, really just offensive guards in general. I think he was, yeah, he was the number five player at his position. Number 12 in the state of Texas, top 100 player on the big board. You look at all that and you look at what you're missing. Jared Hawker's gone. Ken Young Green could move to tackle. Dan Moore's gone. Carson Green's gone. You need offensive linemen. Is it going to be Chris Morris? Is it going to be Jameer Johnson? Is it going to be uh, Luke Matthews now playing center? Are you going to move Josh Bankhead around? Are you going to move uh, one of your defensive linemen over to the offensive side of the ball? I mean, there's a lot of things. But the thing that I will say is I believe Foster will be immediately a part of that starting lineup. Very similar to when he came out of a Tascacita, Green was automatically a starter. They need that protection up the middle. Because if you look at the defensive lines in the SEC, they're pretty dangerous. And with the Aggies, the biggest thing for them is they have to be effective with the run game. That is their bread and butter. That is where they thrive. That is where they live. They live inside of their run game. Kellerman was good. Their run game was better. You have to have an offensive line that is going to be able to block for this team. So, as Jimbo Fisher has said multiple times, the five best players, those are the five that are going to be starting. Those are the five that are going to be out there. I have to have those five out there. Bryce Foster might be the most complete guard prospect that A&M has seen since back in the day when probably Cedric Abwehi or uh, Jermaine Fetty was starting out as guard. That's how talented a guy like Foster can be. So he is going to be a bigger name to watch for. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Tomorrow's show, let's break down Jim Fisher's press conference. The 2021 recruiting class is set, and that means it's time to look ahead for the upcoming season. We'll talk all that and much, much more. See you then. Remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.